with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Just after 9 on a Tuesday morning, Alan Wishart in the host chair as usual, Steve on the board. Also, as usual, my first guests are already here. Rob Van Andercombe with the Community Energy Association, Carly Madge with the Pacific Institute for Climate Solutions, but they're both here representing the Northern BC Climate Action Network. Now they've got all the names out of the way. Yeah, Can we just right. start Very referring long. to it as Northern BC CAN? Sure. Good. So what is Northern BC CAN? Well, it started about a year ago mm-hmm. uh, with our first meeting. What it, what it was was really a response to what I was starting to hear in this new job that I had at the Community Energy Association. Mm-hmm was hearing from people all around the North who, especially in local governments, who were doing various things about climate or renewable energy or electrifying transportation mm-hmm. or building more energy-efficient houses. They were they were involved in these things, but they were doing it kind of in isolation. In a silo. It, very much. In, and those silos were both by community, I would mm-hmm. say. And also by sector. So you could have people in the same community, but maybe one in government, one in the private sector, and they didn't know what each other was doing. Mm -hmm. So it just became really apparent that there could be some great things happen if those people just came together and and learned what each other was doing, could support each Mm other. Uh, It can be a pretty lonely, lonely world out there working (laughs) in private action. And so I thought just that the fact that people could come together and be inspired, this was really focused on sharing things that people were doing it, it wasn't so much sharing what are your what are your challenges day to day this this was really sharing successes in individual communities that that we thought could be replicated and carly how did the pacific institute get involved yeah, so I started up at UNBC uh, last May, um, working for the Pacific Institute for Climate Solutions, and um, we got involved when uh, myself and the former dean of the Faculty of Environment uh, developed, uh, along with the Office of Research and Innovation at the university, developed uh, what was what we called as the Community Connection Seed Grant, which was basically a grant that worked to connect uh, faculty and researchers at UNBC with communities. Uh, uh, looking to develop and implement climate change solutions, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, another partner of the of North Can, Sinead Early, um, submitted an application for this community connection seed grant, um, and that was how um, I sort of myself and the Pacific Institute for Climate Solutions got involved with this, mm-hmm. um, and we've we've provided further funding uh, for the initiative and for the event that's going to be happening. So now we've sort of covered how long you've been in existence and what the purpose is. One of my favorite questions when I hear something about Northern BC can. Yeah. yeah. Define Northern BC. What area yeah. does Northern BC can cover? It's a bit self-defined, uh, let's say, okay. by the members. But I, I would say generally we follow that that sort of 100-mile house north kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then um, close to border. Yeah, absolutely. From the coast to the border. And we have, we've had people joining from Fort Nelson, from the Robson Valley to Haida Gwaii and the Caribou. So we've covered the region mm-hmm. with people participating again from all sorts of different sectors. And, and that's been 
that's been really gratifying because I, I know even just from my own time at UNBC, it, it's really hard doing stuff across Northern BC. It's easy to say, <laughs> yes. uh, oh yeah, we're in Northern BC, da, da, da. but yeah. to actually pull it off and have participation from across the North is not an easy <laughs> thing. And so that, I, I guess, is a bit of a validation of that there was this kind of demand from these people in different communities doing this who wanted to come together. And that's been really, really uh, gratifying. Carly, do you think it almost helped, if you will, with COVID? Because all of a sudden people mm. could meet more remotely and got used to it. And all of a sudden, right. just because I'm in Haida Gwaii doesn't mean I'm isolated from the rest mm. of the world. Yeah, I think that's a good point that, you know, there was this, we became more comfortable with meeting people online and remotely. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to, you know, kind of use that to the advantage, not that I was with the organization during that time, but, um, Mm -hmm. but be able to, to use those, those momentums that were um, put in place to connect people more remotely to, to allow us to connect people across this really vast Mm -hmm. geographic area. (laughs) And now, of course, we're kind of out of COVID in terms of we can have yeah. meeting again, but there's probably still some people who just say, no, I would like to just be able to stay in my office or at home yeah. mm-hmm. and link in that way. Mm-hmm. It's totally convenient. That's yeah. for sure. And, and especially in, again, in a region this large, it, it would be impossible to connect those people if yeah. there was this expectation that we had to do it in person all the time. Like yeah. it would mm-hmm. just be too difficult. And, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's also now that we can actually do in person again. Yeah. It's nice to be able to do sometimes in person things like what we're planning next week yeah. to sort of do a bit of both. I, mm-hmm. I guess keep going online to keep, you know, to ensure that there's access. But at the same time, when there are opportunities to come together, let's do that and, and build mm-hmm. those connections too. Now, you guys have both mentioned, I think, this mm-hmm. event next yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Is it almost like a one-year birthday celebration? Yeah, it is. And, okay. and it's Carly's organization, PICS, ah. that's really been uh, critical to funding, to providing the mm-hmm. funding for us to do this. Because that's the other thing about being in person. It's it's not as inexpensive as doing things online. <laughs> no. The minute you have people coming together, you got to book a room, you got to get AV, you got yeah. to get food, yeah, all those kinds of things. And and PICS has been unbelievably supportive of recognizing that there's this little kernel of an idea that's been forming in northern bc and and i guess really providing a lot of support to make it now go to the next level and so this event that we're doing actually at unbc next week um will bring together hopefully about 50 people in person Mm -hmm. uh maybe about the same amount online or the same number online Mm -hmm. and Hopefully we'll have about a hundred people participating sort of in this one year kind of mm. birthday, but it's mm. really meant to be less of a sort of, Oh, we made it this far, mm-hmm. you know, not so much a retrospective as much as it is really now looking to the future that this thing clearly has some, some value, some momentum. We, over the course of the past year, we had about, I think it's five meetings that we had online. Wow. Um, and, over just those, we reached over 160 people in Northern BC participated in at least one meeting. So we're, we're building up a group, uh, mm-hmm. some momentum. And so that's kind of the idea now is taking this to the next level and, and, and hopefully fostering more collaboration between people. So Carly, when did PICS start working on this idea for the work, for the workshop or your colleagues? Yeah. Um, well, I guess. Picks became connected with the with with Northcan about maybe last October through mm-hmm. what I mentioned the community connection seed grant and yeah. then um, 
And then that was the grant was basically um, outlining some of the ideas about this um, mm-hmm. in-person or hybrid workshop that we were mm-hmm. planning. And so that was already in motion. Um, but I'd say we started working on it about last October. Okay. Yeah. So now, do you have speakers coming in or is it just going to be everybody gets together and talks for a day or two? Well, there's nothing wrong with just getting together no, and talking. But, no, just kidding. But uh, so we have... We're really focusing on building connections between the people participating. Mm. So unlike a typical conference, which is really formed around the speakers and then some free time, this is really focused around people connecting with each other and sort of brainstorming and workshop kind of sessions. Mm. But we're actually – it's funny because we're, we're this group has been very Zoom-focused yes. until this meets. And, and yet our two keynote speakers are coming in on Zoom, even though we're having an in-person yeah. event. So we're at, we actually have a speaker uh, from Sweden who has been part of building a northern network there of communities mm. mm-hmm. and how local governments can collaborate to advance sort of climate solutions and collaborate together. So I, I've found over the years, whether it's like the Northern Medical Program or a Northern Sports Center, all sorts of different initial cancer clinic in Prince yeah. George, we, we get a lot of ideas from other northern places. And mm-hmm. so... That was a really great opportunity to have a speaker from there participate and and basically show people, this is what we're doing. You can do this. Mm -hmm. They're they're probably four or five years ahead of us, but but that's okay. That's great to learn from their experiences. Mm -hmm. And then another part of it that's been really a strong focus of the conversations lately have really been around the capacity we have in the North. So do we have the people who can really make some of these changes Mm. and so another big part of the event will be focused on training and education because we're very fortunate in northern bc to have a university three colleges lots of individual sort of industry or indigenous training organizations and so that's another big part of the event is really talking that through Mm -hmm. and we have a speaker from saskatchewan who's actually a an old-time prof from UNBC who's been all over the world in different northern countries talking about energy security and and education uh, and training that makes that happen. So he's going to be speaking about what he's learned over the years, too, about northern regions and how they can sort of chart their own future through their own education, research, capacity building. And so that that will hopefully, I think, be a big inspiration for people, too. So, again, another nice thing then about, as you were saying, you've got Zoom meetings and everything that you've been yeah. holding. Well, as you were saying, both your speakers that's right. are going to be by Zoom. Mm-hmm. And that's very convenient then because they don't have to worry about, okay, catching a flight from yep. Sweden to Prince George. First of all, where is Prince George? <laughs> oh, they know where Prince yes. George is for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But they don't have to worry about that. You guys don't have to worry about hotel space you don't have to worry about you know providing a drive or anything it's just yeah yeah make sure you take into account the time difference that's right yeah no our speaker from sweden will has already told me he's planning to have dinner and then we'll join our uh, our zoom meeting so yeah it's a fantastic it's fantastic this access now that we have and i mean we've always had it to some degree but like carly was saying earlier it's just become more normal now and Mm -hmm. it's not it's not sort of second best anymore to get a speaker in through Zoom like it used yeah. to be oh, with yeah. conferences or whatever. Now mm-hmm. it's almost like you get actually better at or you get access to sort of better people, if I can put it that way. Yeah. But definitely people who you might otherwise not be able to get if they have to make that time, the money of travel, mm-hmm. to say nothing of the, I mean, since it's a climate mm-hmm. conference, the carbon footprint of traveling yes. as well. Yeah, not good. So they're, they're, it really provides us with the ability to access people 
and for those people to be able to talk to us in a way that could be really beneficial, actually, for for both our speakers as well as for us. Now, big question, Carly. Is the event open to the public, or is it basically just for almost the select group to some extent? Um, well, we did kind of have a targeted audience, of course, people yeah. working in the realm of, of climate action or, or mm-hmm. renewable energy, those sort of, uh, you know, related uh, topics. Um, but it was, in a, in a sense, open to the public as well and people who have interests in these um, in these important topics. Um, and right now, it I, I would say it's closed. <laughs> the, okay. um, yeah, we did okay. have a deadline to <laughs> yeah. um, to RSVP just because of, you know, the room space and, and food um, that we yeah. have to. Uh, determine how much we need and and those sort of things, but but we do have quite a, a diverse audience that's going to be joining um, from different areas of the public. So yeah, okay. mm-hmm. have you had anybody join in where you're kind of looking at it and going, I don't recognize that name. Yeah, like, definitely, this is somebody new who obviously just heard about us and said, Hey, this sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Oh, I, I mean, I, Carly's rel- relatively new to the region, yeah. so. Almost everybody. (laughs) But what I'm finding, too, is that it's a really new field that Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are coming who aren't part of big organizations. Or sorry, I don't mean they're not part of big organizations. Sometimes they are part of big organizations. They're not part of big departments that are working on this. So they, they often work on their own or in very small teams or more likely, to be honest, climate's just literally one one corner of their desk. Yeah. And so there are always new people coming into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bring different perspectives, often from different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really benefits us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's one of the things I find really interesting about sort of the climate or low carbon space is that this, this actually has the potential to be an area where the North could actually lead everyone else yeah. because of our really close, long time relationship with the environment and resources. Mm-hmm. And and we have, I think, really exceptional uh, experience and know-how in, in sort of living with the land, if I can put it that way. And this is something that I think we have that is a gift in how we can uh, really think through these kinds of challenges that the world is going through. And and when I look at big cities, big concrete jungles, literally, mm. um, I think, man, I, I'd rather be in a place like this. I'd rather be in small communities uh, where there's this relationship with the resources that we could really be, I, I think, really on the forefront. And And I don't know if there's too many examples over the years where you could say northern rural places lead. Um, this is one, and yeah. that's what I think is so fantastic about this opportunity. So, Carly, you were saying basically registration is closed for in-person. If somebody wants to attend by Zoom, can they still do that? Can they still um, register? We're encouraging people that want to attend by Zoom to reach out to uh, myself uh, or Rob mm-hmm. uh, by email just because we do want to sort of have an understanding of how many people will be joining. And yeah. and we're going to be, you know, people online will be working in groups together mm-hmm. um, just as people in person yeah. will be working in groups together. So we kind of want to have an understanding of how many breakout rooms we'll need and those sort of things that come along with using Zoom. So mm-hmm. um, so if you are interested in registering still, just, yeah, reach out to myself or, or Rob and, and we'll hopefully be able to try and accommodate that. 
So now comes the big question. How do they do that? <laughs> How do they reach out to you? Sure, yeah. So if you Google uh, Community Energy Association or mm-hmm. NorthCan, uh, yeah. you'll be able to find the website. Um, and then my information as well as Rob's is, is listed on there, my contact information. Yeah. Perfect. Rob Van Andercombe, Carly Madge, Northern BC Can. Northern BC Climate Action Network. Thank you very much for coming in and chatting with us about where you've been and where you're heading. Thank you. Really okay, appreciate thanks. the opportunity. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. The Beatles formed in Liverpool in 1960 and consisted of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. They are widely considered to be one of the most influential bands of all time. The band's innovative songwriting and musicianship, as well as their charismatic personalities and sense of style, helped to shape the popular culture of the 1960s and continue to influence music today. Join us on Thursdays at 6 p.m. for Apple Scruffs, only on 93.1. Copar Administration is celebrating 25 years of providing quality employment services to communities in B.C. and Alberta. Whether you are looking for a job or looking to hire, the key is finding the right fit. The friendly team at Copar can help with hiring events, resume, cover letter and interview assistance, wage subsidies, training, new hire supports, and more. The best part is all of Copar's employment services are free. Find the right fit today. Contact Copar Administration at coparadmin.ca. People for jobs, jobs for people. Learn to love your smile again at Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of denture services from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation. No referral required. For help with your existing set or if you need new, Der Denture Center in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today and a high of 5. Tonight clear, becoming partly cloudy after midnight. Wind at 15K, a low of minus 6. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 6. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, it seems like just about every time I've spoken with our next guest, it's been on a different topic. Uh, Julian Legere joins us now, and this time it's a Pride reading series that you're doing with Theatre Northwest. Good morning, Julian. Good morning. Always a pleasure to be on the show, Alan. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem. So now, the Pride reading series, now, people had better pay attention because it actually starts tomorrow, doesn't it? It does. The very first reading is tomorrow, and it's the world premiere reading of my own brand-new play, Darcy and Wickham. Wow. So now, this is based then on, I looked this up earlier, and I can't remember now, Jane Eyre? Was Jane Eyre what the work is based off of? Yeah, so it's sort of a a prequel, kind of a queer imagining of the backstory of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Okay, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, okay, yeah. So now, is there... Was this totally your own idea, if you will, or reading Pride and Prejudice, did you detect a possible undercurrent there between Darcy and Wickham? Yeah, it's interesting. So I originally started just sort of getting curious about the characters, and, you know, there's this backstory they have that's central to the novel, but we don't get a lot of details about. Mm -hmm. And I just was, you know, I've always loved the novel. I was in a production of a play version of it in university, and 
just sort of started getting curious about, you know, there must have really been something that happened to make these two men hate each other so very much. (laughs) And so I just started kind of writing about that, imagining it, researching, like, what is it like to be a child and to go to boarding school in Regency England? And the more I got into it, the more I started to kind of recognize a lot of what I saw in terms of, you know, there's all these really strict rules about gender and what men can do and what women can do and propriety and manners and these sort of unspoken codes that they have to navigate. And I really recognize that as a queer man who's Mm. been navigating a lot of the same things in my own life for many years. And so it really sort of started to seem like an opportunity to take some of those things that I know and really kind of kind of crank them up through the world of Jane Austen's England, and it became a really cool way to uh, to explore some of those issues of, you know, the ways that we have all these expectations about how people are supposed to behave and what's proper and what's not, and the ways that those things make it sometimes really hard to have meaningful relationships with people. So really, that's what the play is about. Now, when you were writing it, did you try to write it, maybe not in Jane Austen's style, but in the style of something from that period of time? I did a little bit. The way Mm. I sort of thought of it was, okay, well, clearly if I'm, you know, making these two men queer, it's not quite faithful of an adaptation. But the way I thought of it is I really tried to sort of remain emotionally faithful to the source Mm -hmm. material and really capture, you know, who these characters are. You know, people know them. They're so beloved. It's really sort of an interesting pressure to know that, you know, a lot of people who love these books and these characters might bristle at some of the sort of things I'm suggesting. But my hope is that they'll they'll still be able to recognize the characters that they love in, in this sort of slightly twisted version of them. So now, obviously, you had to stay sort of faithful to the time period as well. Like, I'm guessing the two of them don't exchange emails. Yeah, I did. And it was one of the things that was really cool about the process of writing it was getting to research sort of that era of queer history and, like, finding out, you know, what was it like to be a queer person in in Jane Austen's England? Like, what was the social life like? What was the nightlife like? What were the laws you had to dodge and the rules you had to dodge? And one of the coolest things I found was this story about a raid at, uh, they call them Molly Houses, which is sort of the Regency equivalent of, like, a gay men's kind of gentleman's club almost. And there was this story that sort of felt, again, as as a contemporary queer person that felt very familiar, where basically the cops raided this uh, sort of queer establishment, arrested a bunch of people, um, and as a direct result of that raid, three men ended up being hanged for basically the crime of being gay. And Mm. so that was a really interesting thing to sort of think about in terms of the threat of violence that people were living under, which, again, feels ever more familiar these days. Yes. So... The work tomorrow, then, it's a play. Is it going to be a stage reading, or are you doing it as, a, as shall we say, an actual play, where you've got different char- different people playing the different characters? So it's a stage reading, and basically mm. what that means is we do have a full cast of actors mm. who are going to be reading, but they're just going to be sitting on the stage with their scripts and reading the script aloud. So basically the same thing that Theatre Northwest had to do for a couple of years themselves with their plays. Exactly. Yeah. So now, when is this and where is it? I know it's tomorrow, but what time and where? Yeah, so the show starts at 7 p.m. It's at Theatre Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll be the same. So the next three Wednesdays, we've got Darcy and Wickham uh, tomorrow night, and then the following Wednesday and the Wednesday after that, we have two other plays coming up as well. Okay. So now, Darcy and Wickham, let's get back to that one. Have you have you and the other actors in the play, I'm assuming you're reading one of the parts yourself, correct? 
No, I'm, huh? I'll be reading stage directions tomorrow. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you'll be the guy standing off to the side going, Darcy leaves in a fury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exit stage left. So have the cast had a chance to do this almost like, it seems kind of strange to say, as a dress rehearsal, even though it's a stage reading? We have, yeah. We've okay. been doing a bit of reading, and we'll be uh, doing a sort of a final read-through right before the performance tomorrow to make sure we're all kind of warmed up and ready to go. So yeah. I, I've been to a couple of stage readings, and I know sometimes the arrangement of who's sitting where is as important to some extent as anything else. Is that the, is that a, 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 a is that yeah, a factor in this it one? It's definitely a consideration we've yeah. thought about because there's, you know, a lot of little moments of sort of tiny gestures and a little kind of tiny bits of the staging that we are trying to play out a little bit. So mm -hmm. there is some thought into kind of, you know, who's close enough to reach over and gently stroke someone's hand, that yeah. kind of thing, which has been kind of a fun thing to play with as well. Okay, Julian, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the other two plays in the Pride Reading Series after nine. Theatre Northwest is proud to support local theatre artist Julian Legere in his three-part Pride Reading Series. This spring, Legere will bring three plays to the stages of Theatre Northwest, all of them written by queer artists speaking to the queer experience. The first reading will be Julian Legere's Darcy and Wickham, a reimagining of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, this Wednesday. Tickets for all Pride Series readings are available through theaternorthwest.com. Today, Studio 2880 is pleased to present Fantazine, a wonderful exhibit utilizing beautiful plants and colors found in nature. Feature gallery artist Barb Ramsey shares her stunning eco-prints and plant-dyed silk designs through reflective textiles and organic processes. Available for viewing during regular gift shop gallery hours today from 10 to 4, Fantazine by Barb Ramsey. In the feature gallery today at Studio 2880, 2880 15th Avenue. You ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one... Rendez-vous La Francophonie is on now! Celebrate the Rendez-vous 25th anniversary with us. Join us on rvf.ca. Bonne fête, rendez-vous. Come sailing with the PG Sailing Association. Sailing season on Klukas Lake begins with the club's general meeting in April and spring cleanup in May. Dock space can be limited, but onshore camping is plentiful. Windsurf boards and sailing dinghies are available in the clubhouse. Regular sailing races are hosted throughout the summer months. Registration and full details are available through the PG Sailing Association Facebook page. The PG Sailing Association, gearing up for their new season at Klukas Lake. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Julian, Darcy and Wickham tomorrow at TNW, and then you were saying the next two Wednesdays, two other plays. Um, tell me a little bit about each of them. Yeah, so uh, next week on April the 5th, we have a play, beautiful play called Dragonfly, mm -hmm. which was written by Laura Ray, who's an absolute legend in the Canadian stand-up comedy mm -hmm. uh, world. She's been the uh, artistic director of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival for many, many years. And a few years ago, she wrote this magnificent play, and it's basically the premise of it is it's a memoir where two different actors play her as she sort of grows up and navigates her coming out and uh, finding herself as a trans woman. Okay. And now, yeah, a, 
beautiful, beautiful piece of kind of very poetic theater. I think I had read somewhere that the audience is going to play a part in determining who plays which role. Yes, that was the original okay. plan, was we were going to do a coin flip, but unfortunately we've had to actually do a bit of a last-minute cast uh, replacement that's uh, made that, uh, yes. unfortunately, probably not possible. So you don't want you you don't you think it's unfair to take somebody who's coming at the last minute and force them to learn basically two roles? Exactly. We wanted to sort of make it as easy as possible for her to jump in. Yeah. So now again, is this then a stage reading or? Yeah, this will be the same stage reading. So okay. it'll be two of us on stage with our scripts in hand, reading through the play out loud. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when you say we, you are taking part in this one. Yes, that one I will be taking part in as one of the two actors. Okay. Now, is there going to be a stage director then, or is it because there's only two people, there's really no so, need for yeah, it? Yeah, this play just sort of, because of the way it was written and the style of it, it basically doesn't have many stage directions. It's all just told through the dialogue, so it's okay. kind of an easy one to just do with the two of us. Okay. Now, how long has this one been in the works? That one's been in the works since last year. We've been working on it. We were originally planning on uh, going to be doing it in the fall, but had to postpone. So we're very excited. It's a bit of a long-awaited project for, mm -hmm. for the people, for us working on it. Okay. And then the following Wednesday, you've got another play. Yeah. So we're closing out the season with a beautiful piece called Swollen Tongues, written by Kathleen Oliver, which is a sort of an homage to Shakespearean-era romantic comedy. So it's all written in verse and in kind of Shakespearean poetic language, but the focus of it is on queer romance specifically. And it's a really, it's a really frothy, a really lovely, it's about love, it's about poetry, and it's, I think, a really great way to kick off as we're starting to finally get into our Prince George spring, it's, I think, a good, yes. uh, a good way to make us feel like we're in the sunny season. Okay, well, don't tempt Mother Nature, okay, by saying <laughs> we're getting into spring. Now, so, again, I'm guessing another stage reading. Yeah, it'll be the same thing. We've got a cast of, that one's got a cast of four, mm -hmm. uh, and so all four of us will be on stage. Um, and with that one, what we're doing is something we've done with past readings where instead of having one person read the stage directions, the actors will sort of read the stage directions, sort of describe the actions they would be taking rather than playing them out. Okay. So each person is sort of their own director to some extent. Yeah, exactly. It's been a really fun process. So... Is this something you're hoping to continue to do each year then? Is we are, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just actually, very this very morning, I got an email. We're starting to think about what dates we're going to do. It sounds like we're hoping to do two of them in the next season at Theatre Northwest. We're not sure what the plays are going to be yet, mm -hmm. but we're sort of in the process of, of picking them. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you're working on yourself, like Darcy and Wickham? Well, I'm going to hopefully be looking for a, a company to do a, the premiere production of Darcy and Wickham. So we'll be, Theatre Northwest and I will be sort of shopping it around a little bit around uh, BC and around the province and the country, seeing if anybody might be interested in, you know, taking it on as a world premiere. It's a, it's a hard process for, for plays, though, because you sort of write a play and then you have it. And then you sort of start all over again from scratch, trying to find somebody to produce it a lot of the time. Yeah. And I guess um, with Darcy and Wickham, I guess the other thing that you guys probably don't have to worry about tomorrow night is costuming. Yeah, we're not doing a ton of costuming for our readings, just no. sort of keeping things simple. But yeah, it's a big, it, it could potentially be quite an expensive production, which always is difficult as well, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so... Are there any? It sounds like you are in Dragonfly and Swollen Tongues, correct? Yes. Is there anybody else who's in more than one of the uh, pieces? 
Yeah, we have a lovely actor. Her name is Elise Gammon, who is going to be appearing both in Darcy and Wickham and in Swollen Tongues as well. Okay, so she's going to be in the two sort of period pieces. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to remember, because you said Swollen Tongues was written as Shakespearean. Is it set in that time period? It is. It's set. It's sort of a story about um, a brother and sister of a sort of aristocratic, wealthy family who are both students of poetry, and they end up engaging in uh, poetic battles and poetic (laughs) two poetic contests to sort of uh, try and conquer and win their their true loves. And it's uh, lots of mistaken identities and cross dressing and (laughs) you know sexual double entendres. It's a really fun play. We're very excited. And it sounds very much like Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. And now, so. Would this almost be the equivalent of a Shakespearean poetry slam? You know what? I think that's a great description of it, actually. It's exactly what it is. Okay. So that's something for people to look forward to. So, yeah. and, uh, Julian, one more time, Where? Are, what's taking place when, where, and how can people get tickets? So we have Darcy and Wickham on Wednesday, the 29th of March. Okay. We have... Dragonfly on Wednesday, April the 5th, and Swollen Tongues on Wednesday, April the 12th. All of those will be starting at 7 p.m. at Theater Northwest, and tickets are available at theaternorthwest.com. And in addition to that, I'll mention to your loyal Mm. listeners, if they're interested, we also have a code if they use the promo code PRIDE2023 on that website. They can actually get some free tickets if they're interested. Wow, okay. Yeah. And now, just so people know, about how long is each of the works? Each play, um, Dragonfly, is a little over an hour, kind mm-hmm. of an hour 15 or so, and yeah. the other two are about two hours each. Okay. Just so people have an idea on about you know how much time to give, if you will, to the production and everything. Yeah. Okay. Julian Legere of the Pride Writing Series, thank you very much for coming on and talking about it, and I'm sure we will be chatting with you again at some point in the future. I'm sure we will. Always a joy, Alan. Thank you. Take another quick break and be back with more after nine. We all need to have difficult conversations at times, especially as a manager. If you want to better handle conversations and achieve positive outcomes, you'll appreciate management skills for supervisors from CNC Continuing Education. Learn common factors in miscommunication, plus all five conflict handling styles and when to use them. Management Skills for Supervisors runs Monday and Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 9.30 online starting May 15th. Registration and full details are available through Continuing Education at CNC. Registration deadline is May 5th. CNC's Burns Lake location is hosting fully funded cultural resource management courses from April 3rd to June 9th. The program will cover a variety of topics including archaeology, 3D printing, GPS, and mapping. Both in class and in field, students will learn from experienced instructors and elder guest speakers. At the end of the course, students will receive industry certification in wilderness and more. For more information, check out the cultural resource management video on CNC's YouTube channel. The end of the week is time for well-earned relaxation and play. Join Two Rivers Gallery this Friday for Art Disco. Create a large-scale origami creature after inking and decorating your own giant pages. Sign up to enjoy an evening of artistic expression in a fun atmosphere with a complimentary beverage. The cost is $25 and pre-registration is required for this 19-plus event. Giant Origami, the next Art Disco, 7 o'clock this Friday evening at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today and a high of 5. Tonight clear, becoming partly cloudy after midnight. Winter to 15K, a low of minus 6. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 6. 
keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, we're getting near the end of the month of March, and the end of the month is usually when we check in at Books and Company and joined this morning by Kaylee Vandermeer. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. And yourself? I'm doing all right, thanks. Good. So now it's Books and Company, but we're going to start off by talking about music. You guys have got some concerts happening. We do. I'm so excited. Hoxie Workman sold out this past weekend, so... uh, very excited. Unfortunately, I have to drive out of town, so I'm actually Aww. sad that I can't uh, can't make it. But uh, I know Owen. I've never seen him so excited to have somebody <laughs> upstairs. So, <laughs> so now, and Hoxley Workman. I mean, obviously, he sold out. I, I, I think it was on your Facebook page. I saw the little note, Hoxley Workman, like, you know, a little poster, and then sold out across the top of it. And I was going, okay, now is the show sold out, or has Hoxley sold out? And he's going to start doing commercial jingles during the show. <laughs> As you said, maybe, yeah, okay. maybe. I'll, if there's any, like, plugs for cereals or anything like that, I'll let you know. Okay. Well, yeah. it's going to be tough for you because you said you're not going to be there. I'm, I'm sure Owen will let me know all of the commercials that he hears. <laughs> so now, just for people who don't know, Hoxley Workman, describe his music. Like we've played a few, we've got a few of his songs on the station here. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those guys, it's kind of hard to get a, a handle on what kind of music he plays. He do, he seems like one of those guys that seems to go between a lot of different genres. Mm-hmm. The description that I see coming up the most is he blends cabaret, pop, and glam rock. Okay. It seems to be a, a broad and vague enough term that it can cover most of the things, but a lot of it is upbeat. A lot of it is, like, very poppy. Apparently, he's classified as a rock singer, but I see a lot more pop in it, or I hear a lot more of, like, the mm-hmm. pop genre in the music that I've heard. But, uh, but yeah. So now... With that show, it's sold out, but are you? do you have a waiting list going in case somebody calls and says, okay, I just found out I can't actually go? Mm, I don't know if we'll have a waiting list. Okay. I'll have to talk to Owen and see if that's going to be a possibility, but with what we've seen in, up in art space up there, I don't know if we'll be able to uh, to do that at the yeah. door, is to have like a wait list at the door and see if you know we yeah. have space for it. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, so that's at Art Space. And when is it, just in case people got tickets and forgot? It is this Friday, the 31st. The doors open up at 7, and the show starts at 7.30. Okay, and then you've got another show, I guess, coming up in April. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think a, a week or two later. Yeah? Yeah. And now, who is that one? I know it's Del Barber. And again, I looked at him on um, the web today, did a quick Google, and the description of his music had like about five or six different genres. Yeah. He's a lot more on the folk side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be in town for this one, so I'm going to come out and, and check this one out and help out at the door. But uh, it definitely seems a lot more on the uh, the kind of like low-key, more chill side of things. So we see like folk folk rock, Americana, yeah. alternative country. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot more of the acoustic side of things, a lot more relaxed and... Uh, and uh, that's been my jam the last couple of years, so I'm excited yeah. to see what that's going to sound like. So when is his show? His show is on the 14th, okay. April 14th. Uh, same thing, doors open at 7, show starts at 7.30. And uh, we do still have plenty of tickets for Adele Barber at the moment, and uh, tickets are $30 plus GST, so I think they come to thirty one fifty. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you sold out for Hawksley Workman, Mm-hmm. Did that surprise you a little bit because it wasn't the last minute? 
No. Well, yeah, Prince George is such a last-minute <laughs> town, but we actually anticipated selling out for Hoxley Workman a lot earlier. We were actually looking at bringing him in for a second mm. uh, night because of just how quickly tickets were selling when we first announced it. Both of these shows, actually. I had somebody call and ask for tickets before I had the show up on <laughs> our website. I don't know who is like mm. the mole is. Yes. But um, but both shows, I had someone call the night before or the day before and say, oh, I saw it on their website uh, before I'd even publish any events on our social media, on our website. And then the soon, as soon as they, they went up, both instances, this has never happened to me before, um, within half an hour of me posting the event online, someone called <laughs> and bought tickets, like six or eight tickets. Wow. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was impressive. So we had anticipated selling out very quickly for Hoxley Workman and uh, and selling out about as fast with Del Barber, but mm-hmm. uh, but the Del Barber ones have been a little slower. We'll see how they do in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. Once once Hoxley, once Hoxley's out of the way, people might say, hey, yeah, now let's go to Del Barber. Yeah, exactly. We had like our party night with the uh, with Hoxley Workman, and let's go have like yeah, a more acoustic chill, yeah, chill night. Chill yeah. out a little bit now with Adele. Yeah, now, I, I'm guessing these are not the only two musical acts you've got coming through Art Space in the next year. No, I have a lot of shows booked upstairs. I'm quite happy with how many things are coming in. Huh? Um, I've got uh, the local group, Improv Improv group, mm, yeah. uh, has started booking shows up there again, which I'm so happy to have them back. Uh, so they've got uh, an event coming up the f- week following Del Barber on the uh, Friday, April 21st. Right. And then uh, I'm in talks with uh, a group right now to host a movie night up there. We've got the, the PG miniature painting nights that are still happening mm, up there and that yeah. have been quite popular. Good, yeah. Uh, and we've got some readings and that kind of stuff. And then I've got uh, folks reaching out to me now to book a little bit later in the year, and it's kind of getting to the point again where we have to remember that art space can get a little warm in the summer. It's been a while since we've had to worry about that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so we're kind of navigating these old waters with uh, with uh, fresh eyes now. Yeah, because I know I've been at concerts in art space during the summer, and there's not a lot of ventilation in there either. No, it's on the list, and it sounds like it's going to be able to get bumped up in priority. The cost was quite prohibitive with just, yeah. just having such an old building, yeah. but um, but we're hoping that we can bump that up. might not happen this year, but it's, it's coming. Well, just knock a hole in the wall and get some plywood and cover well, it up in the winter. The thing is, is that the art space is ringed by businesses, right? So when yes. you knock a hole in the wall, you're knocking a hole into a business. Oh, so it's navigating that, and there are also big brick walls, so it's not like there's a lot of like playroom in between the spaces, right? So now, when when you're doing shows like this with the different artists and everything, not so much with the local groups, but with Hoxley Workman, with Dal Barber, did you reach out to them or do they reach out to you and say, hey, we're doing a tour through that area? I believe it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Owen has explained it to me a few times, and I can never retain the information. I just see the you name on the docket and, and say, yeah. okay, what do we do next? But um, but I believe it's a little bit of both of that. We can put a bid in for it okay. um, and, uh, and see if we can bring them in. So that's my understanding, but I definitely wouldn't quote me on that. Owen is the guy to speak to with that stuff. Okay. And I'm guessing with some of them, they kind of like the idea of doing art space because it's not a big facility like 
you can you can get what 150 people in there. Yep. Yeah. 149. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good it's a good sized venue um, where you can have a show that's not necessarily necessarily a living room concert. Although yeah. I do love those mm-hmm. that style of concert, um, but it's not. You're not booking out Vanier Hall or like uh, any of that kind of thing. So it's it's a little bit more accessible, yeah. and you don't have to worry about you know a big empty space because even having 50 people up there feels like a lot. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking was like you you maybe get 100 people in there for a concert, and it, it's great. Like oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, but you take that same 100 people and put them in Vanier Hall, <laughs> and there's echoes all over the place because there's exactly. nobody. It feels like there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. So now. One more time, just going to do this quickly. Hoxley Workman sold out for Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Dal Barber, still a lot of tickets left for April the 14th. Mm-hmm. Okay, now how can people get tickets for the Dal Barber show? Dal Barber, you can give us a call at 250-563-6637 and pay with a credit card over the phone. Right. Or you can stop on by the bookstore uh, anytime, uh, Monday to Saturday, 9.30 to 6, and pick them up at the counter. Okay, Kaylee, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to start talking books after 9. Decayed, Forgotten, Abandoned. Visit this limited-time showing from the Prince George Photographic Society at the Railway and Forestry Museum. On from April 2nd to July 8th, Abandoned zooms in on the relics of the industry to present a visual experience for you to explore. Purchase a print to support these local artists and help restoration efforts at the museum. Abandoned. From the Prince George Photographic Society, April 2nd through to July 8th at the Railway and Forestry Museum on River Road, next to Cottonwood Island Park. Your Prince George Council of Seniors is once again providing free help for low-income residents, 55 and older, requiring simple tax returns. Ten-minute appointments are available Tuesday mornings between 9 and 11 and Thursday afternoons between 1 and 3 through the end of April. Meetings will take place at the Seniors Resource Center. To book your appointment, call the Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888, the Community Volunteer Income Tax Program, through the end of April from your Council of Seniors. During the next Homeschool Tuesday, your child will create a bunny or two using colored wool and two very different felting techniques. Your homeschooler will end up with a tiny little friend to play with. Registration is just $6 with pre-registration required. To register for more information, visit Two Rivers Gallery or the Children and Families page at tworiversgallery.ca. Felted Bunnies and Fields, the next Homeschool Tuesday project, 1 o'clock this afternoon at Two Rivers Gallery in Canada Games Plaza. The Prince George Cantata Singers are presenting their spring concert Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. Take in this uplifting evening of music celebrating creatures that fly. The choir will be under the direction of Ariana Crossland and accompanied by Maureen Nelson. The evening will also feature guest musicians Shoshana Godber, Kathleen Peters, Allison Bell, and Noel Jago. Tickets are available from choir members and online at pgcantatasingers.ca. That's the Prince George Cantata Singers Spring Concert, Saturday, May 13th at St. Michael's Church. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Kaylee, I think it's time we started talking books since you're with Books and Company. What are we talking about this time? I thought I would grab uh, a bunch of books on um, homesteading and planting, okay. seeing as uh, it's getting a little warmer out. So, Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now, what do you mean by homesteading? People are going back and living off the land, or? 
It's a little bit of that movement, yeah. There's a lot of movement towards uh, doing that in an urban setting, so being able to do that in your backyard, you know, the backyard chicken okay. discussion from a couple for, from years ago. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of books that have come out to help folks get started with those kinds of things. You know, we've got the, um, the standing planters, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that has been so much more popular and popular in the last couple of years. And then because I have an interest in like moving out and living in the woods, that's where the aspect of homesteading comes into it. But really it's just urban gardening and ur- mm-hmm. urban uh, food gardening, urban farming, I suppose. So you would move out and live in the woods in like a three room place with one book with one room devoted entirely to books, right? I absolutely plan on having a room full of books. <laughs> It'll be a little bit bigger than three rooms. Okay. <laughs> So that's so have you got a special display out for those? Is there anything going on at the at Books and Company about gardening or homesteading? We haven't put the gardening books out quite yet. The, the <laughs> don't, don't resident want to green thumb uh, will let us know when it's time to uh, to push, put that up. We've got the Canada Reads going on right now, mm. uh, and uh, we had a display out uh, for this new brand of educational. Um, tools that we brought in hmm. so we've got our display shelves are quite full right now but our uh, gardening and homesteading shelves are stocked mm-hmm. and now we're talking about homesteading gardening and how your resident expert is saying no we can't put them out yet because it's not time well let's jump forward a little bit to summer when people are going to be going on holidays mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of jigsaw puzzles into the last time i was in <laughs> yep Yep, I just put an order in for some more yesterday. <laughs> so now, at what point is the name going to change to Books, Jigsaws, and Company? Books and Puzzles and Company, yes. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, Owen's the boss, so I'll leave that up to him. Okay. But it, it's a possibility, seeing as we got at least maybe a little under a quarter of the store at the moment. <laughs> so obviously, they're they're selling. They're selling. They're doing really well. Yeah, and quite a variety of them as well, which again is something that people seem to really like. Yeah, they've been doing really well. I uh, I'm trying to hunt down a little bit more on the like Canadiana um, mm. memorabilia. So I've got some in. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I found some that are like some old Via Rail um, advertisements. Um, so we've got a couple of those in. I've got one of the Rosie the Riveter puzzles in because I just mm. love that poster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, trying to stick with that theme, but really, there's just so many out there. That I know. Yeah. Yeah. Posters are ones that I do not mind doing as long as they're, I find 500 pieces is about the most I really like to do now. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'll branch out and try a 750. I, I bought mm. myself a color gradient 750, which Oof. is very difficult. I was about to say, that's one of the yep. reasons I like posters is because there's writing on them. Yep. And that gives you something to work with to start with. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny is I I have uh, we talked about my love of the mini puzzles yes. in the past, and I uh, I actually did one of my mini puzzles last night, and it's just writing, mm. and that gets really frustrating yes. because it's just a bunch of lines, and you have to line them up, and that can be real difficult. So it's really about the mix. <laughs> yes, well, that's that's why a poster would be good because you have writing and probably different sizes and everything, but it wouldn't fill the whole thing up. There would be some illustrations and stuff. And yeah. Gives you things to work on mm-hmm. as you go through. My favorite, and there's not a lot out there, but there's definitely um, a, they're, they're growing. Is just the typography 
um, puzzles. Mm. It'll have like a floral illustration or something going on in the background, but it is like the, the centerpiece of the poster is some typography. So you get a good mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as a former newspaper person, I appreciate topography. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, something I noticed when I was on your Facebook page a couple of days ago, there's something there now called a toonie table. Yeah, that's brand spanking new. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got the the box that I noticed first and foremost most when I stumbled across that because that was uh, something that was new to me on Monday as well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a box of uh, children's like Star Wars uh, books right. that looks super cool. I'm going to take a flip through them when I get the chance. Okay. Now, so this was something that just suddenly appeared one day and you knew nothing about it, even though you're the manager. You know how you're always concerned about how things are moving around? Uh-huh. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be here 24-7 to keep up with all the different things. That's kind of part of the fun thing. And so long as things are all notated so we know where what they are and can find them easily, then that's kind of just how we live. Okay. But still, it must have been a bit of a shock to you when you came in then and you're walking around and all of a sudden it's like, a toonie table? What's that? <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I'm, I'm excited. We are... Uh, our bargain books are continually expanding. So. Yes. So the bargain books are expanding, the jigsaw puzzles are expanding, and the regular We've books are expanding. We've the growth on jigsaw puzzles. Okay. I, should, I, I have had uh, restrictions placed on my shopping habits. <laughs> you, you, got, you got your fingers slapped. I did, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you still got room for a whole bunch of books in there as well. We do. Yeah, we squeeze a lot in. Yeah. Now, are there any book signings coming up? I know you had um, Glenn Mickelson in. We had Glenn Mickelson, and we had Birgit um, Algaer okay. uh, in. Uh, she put out a couple planners, a gardening planner mm. and a foraging planner. Right. Um, so we had some uh, back-to-back Saturdays for Birgit's two planners that got launched. And, yeah, we had Glenn uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. What else do we have coming up? Uh, oh, I'm actually holding off quite a bit, but uh, I've had two or three authors reach out to me for like May, June, July. Okay. Um, so uh, I've got Linda Ann Smith coming back into town in May. We had mm-hmm. a, a signing for her uh, years ago, mm-hmm. um, and she's put out another another book. Uh, I'll probably have to send you her details a little yes. bit later in the year here. Yeah. That's not until May. And then, uh, yeah, I've got some other book signings. We booked um, Angela Starrett mm. um, yeah. for her book, Unbroken, in June, and I'm very excited to uh, to have a chat with her. And then I've got one booked for July as well. Wow. Now, are you finding a little bit that local authors, when they get a book published or self-published, are you finding they are tending to reach out to you guys a little bit more? We get people coming in to ask us how to publish okay. <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff. And we have we can offer folks some information, and we try to have some resources to kind of, like, pass off to them because we don't like to tell somebody just straight up no. No. Um, but, um, but, yeah, we definitely see a lot of folks that come in will just, that are basically just like, you know, this is the first time I've put something out. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> can you help me out? <laughs> What's the policy or the procedure look like? And that's why we have that... Um, frequently asked questions section on our website specifically at authors right. so that uh, we can have a steady resource for folks. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, I spoke with uh, the founder of Caitlin Press uh, a year or two ago just to get some more information so that we could have it to pass off. And she gave me a bunch of resources uh, of Canadian publishers to pass on to for STEM oh. authors. Wow. Yeah. So you've got people coming in to look at books, and you've got people coming in because they want to publish a book. Mm-hmm. And yep. you usually try to talk them into buying a book while they're in? <laughs> no. I mean, there's a lot of times where people come in and just get sidelined, yeah. and uh, and we'll end up purchasing books anyway. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, our first and foremost is you know give people the answers that for the questions that they have, and yeah. then uh, you know if that comes along with a book sale, that's great. But yeah, okay. okay. Kaylee Vandermeer, Books and Company. We'll probably talk to you in about another month. Sounds good. We'll talk to you then. Okay, that'll do it for today's show. Kylie Lewis Holt in tomorrow after nine. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFIS-FM, proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Copar Administration.